Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. First of all, I'd like to apologise for um, the last recording, which didn't upload. I'm so sorry about that, but I'm going to do it again today. So we're going to do the second half of the listening about ethnography in business. And just a quick recap. This is the last section of the listening. So it is a lecture and it's difficult, um, but the whole thing is gap fill. We did some gap fill questions in the last section. So we did questions 31 to 36 and we talked about how you can follow by using the bullet points and they gave examples of ethnographic research and the, there were five examples and that helped you follow the bullet points. Now, it's important to remember that you don't get a break when they go on to the next set of questions. They never say, now look at questions 37 to 40, that they don't. So you've got to be ready and you've got to listen for the clues which tell you that um, they're now moving on to the next section. I mean, they do give you a little bit of thinking time um, and you'll see how they do that in a minute. Um, but use that thinking time to look for the gaps and to start making a few predictions. Um, but of course, don't stop listening to the recording um, because you've got to be ready for when they come in with the first gap. And again, today I'm going to show you some of the signals that um, tell you that the answer is coming. So because the first half was all about examples of ethnographic research, the second half is about principles and they give you a heading, principles of ethnographic research in business. Then there are seven bullet points. So each bullet point will be one important principle. They actually give you the first one. So this is your kind of thinking time. This is your getting ready to listen for the second bullet point. Um, and I'm going to show you that in a minute, as you will see. So, first of all, the first bullet point is the researcher does not start off with a hypothesis. The second bullet point is the first thing that we're listening for. It says participants may be selected by criteria such as age, something or product used. So we know that the first gap, we're listening for a kind of criteria that they use to choose their participants. So let's go as far as that one and I'll read what she says during the thinking time. First of all, she asks a rhetorical question. Rhetorical meaning that there's, she's not expecting an answer because it's a lecture. She's asking the question to get your interest. But for us, she's asking the question to tell us that she has moved on to the new section. She says, so what makes studies like these different from ordinary research? Let's look at some of the general principles behind ethnographic research in business. So those two signals, first of all, is a question. So what makes? And then she says, let's look at some of the general principles behind ethnographic research in business. And that tells us that the list is coming. She says, first of all, 
So it tells you that's the first bullet point. First of all, the researcher has to be completely open-minded. He or she hasn't thought up a hypothesis to be tested, as is the case in other types of research. Instead, they wait for the participants in the research to inform them. So that's it. That's our first bullet point. The researcher does not start off with a hypothesis. Now she introduces the next bullet point. She says, as far as choosing the participants themselves is concerned, that's not really all that different from ordinary research. The criteria according to which the participants are chosen may be something as simple as the age bracket they fall into, or the researchers may select them according to their income, or they might try to find a set of people who all use a particular product, for example. Okay, so this was our question 37. And you can see the first thing she mentioned was choosing the participants. She says the criteria according to which they are chosen may be something as simple as the age bracket they fall into. So the answer there in the question is the age which we were given. But we were looking for the next part. And she says, or the researchers may select them according to their income. Now, you have to choose just one word out of that whole sentence. Um, the whole sentence, the researchers may select them um, according to their income. So income is the correct answer. This is how they are chosen. This is one of the criteria. The first one was age. Second one is income. And then the third one, she says, or again, these little signal words telling you that there's, this is the last one. Or they might try to find a set of people who all use a particular product, for example. And that, that gives us the product used in the question. Now, the question 38, the next bullet point, says the participants must feel something about taking part in the research. So we've got the participant must feel and we can guess the word is an adjective. They must feel happy or sad or whatever, something like that, about taking part in the research. So... Yeah, could you guess this? I'm not sure. You know, do you think it will be something positive if they must feel something about taking part in the research? Well, let's see. She says, but it's absolutely crucial to recruit the right people as participants. As well as the criteria I've mentioned, they have to be comfortable talking about themselves and being watched as they go about their activities. Actually, most researchers say that people open up pretty easily, maybe because they're often in their own home or workplace. Okay, so we were looking for an adjective and the question says the participant must feel something. And she says, as well as the criteria I've mentioned, they have to be comfortable talking about themselves. So you've got four words, I guess, comfortable talking about themselves. But which word do you want? You want comfortable, the adjective. Um, do notice there, 
um, and I'll summarise these at the end, uh, an interesting way of introducing the answer. She says, as well as the criteria I've mentioned. So it kind of builds up to it, as well as, not only. And they, they mention one thing, and that tells you that the second thing is coming next. It's almost like two parts of a sentence. As well as the criteria I've mentioned, they have to be comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then you've got your little bit of thinking time. Uh, she talks about researchers, people open up pretty easily. And then we come to another rhetorical question, which signals the next gap. The next gap is 39. And it says, there is usually direct something of the participants. Direct something of the participants. And notice how she introduces this again with this rhetorical question. She says, so what makes this type of research special is that it's not just a matter of sending a questionnaire to the participants. Sorry, I must correct myself there. Um, it's not a question, but um, it's an emphasis. So instead of saying, what makes this type of research special? That would be a question. But here she doesn't say that. She emphasizes. So what makes this type of research special is, that's emphasis, that it's not just a matter of sending a questionnaire to the participants. Instead, the research is usually based on first-hand observation of what they are doing at the time. Now, notice she used the same thing again. She said it's not blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's blah, blah, blah. Now, in the previous question, we saw this. She said, as well as blah, 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 they have to blah, blah, blah. So it's a kind of signal. It's a kind of I'm going to give you the first half, but you have to understand the second half and the second half here. So we're looking for a word which goes with direct. It says there is usually direct something of the participants and she says the research is usually based on first-hand observation. First-hand is a synonym for direct so the answer is observation of what they are doing at the time. You're only allowed one word so this must be observation. The next bullet point is given. Oh, can I just point out, sorry, the spelling, you'll notice observation. It's yet another spelling where we have to be able to spell T-I-O-N. We had that twice in the last one. We had emotion, which was T-I-O-N-S, plural S. We also had patience, which was T-I-E-N-T-S. They do like to test this spelling, just to warn you. And sorry, but the previous one, comfortable. Why are they testing you on this spelling? Well, because most people, well, sorry, a lot of people, when they learn uh, English for the first time, they say comfortable, comfortable, because of the spelling. Its spelling is comfortable. And people say comfortable. Pronunciation is comfortable. Now, do you notice the difference between the comfortable pronunciation 
and the comfortable spelling. <laughs> They're testing, do you realise, you know, do you know this word comfortable, which is different when you hear it to when you spell it. So you can see why they've chosen it. It's a kind of irregular pronunciation spelling word, which they love. Okay, so now you've got a little bit of thinking time. It says the interview is guided by the participant. And she talks a little bit. She says that doesn't mean the researcher never talks to the participants. However, unlike in traditional research, in this case, it's the participant rather than the researchers who decide what direction the interview will follow. This means that there's less likelihood of the researcher imposing his or her own ideas on the participants. So that's a bit of uh, a breathing space for you. Before we come to question 40. Question 40 is the last one. It's often a simple one, to be honest. It's not usually quite tricky. And this one says a lot of time is needed for the something of the data. The something of the data. So that tells you you need a noun. What do you usually with do with data? Well, I can only think of one thing you usually do with data. Um, I won't say it until you listen. <laughs> so she introduces the last question. But after they've said goodbye to, the, to their participants and got back to their office, the researcher's work isn't finished. Most researchers estimate that 70 to 80% of their time is spent not on the collecting of data, but on its analysis, looking at photos, listening to recordings and transcribing them and so on. So again, for the third time, we've got an example of where she says it's not blah, 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 but the answer is blah, blah, blah. So listen for that again. 70 to 80% of their time is spent not on the collecting of data, but on its analysis. And analysis is the answer. Of course, it's one of those irregular spellings, um, well, irregular word formations, because we've got the verb analyze. Um, and analysis is the noun form. So spelling A-N-A-L-Y-S-I-S. -S. Quite a tricky spelling. And again, it's a, a word form that's irregular. So they like to test you on it. And that's it. She does still keep talking, but we've already got the answer now. And she says researchers may end up with hundreds of pages of notes. And actually, I'm not going to read that, but... Um, you kind of know when you do enough practice, you kind of know when it's coming to an end. <laughs> um, so I hope you got that last question number 40. So in this listening, we've looked at important things. Important things in the first half were the plurals, um, attitudes, numbers, patients, emotions. Very important to remember the plurals. Um, and also those kind of difficult spelling patterns like patience, emotions, and it came up observation again. We've also looked at signals. This is really important for you to stay in the right place. And we've looked at how three times now 
the speaker said the answer in the second half of the sentence. And this is very common. So they either say as well as blah, 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 something else, or instead of blah, 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 it's something else. Or sometimes they say rather than blah, blah, blah. And that is often a trick. It's not in this one, but I've heard it lots of times in, in others. Okay, so I hope you found that useful. Um, I am back home now, so I'm going to try and type these up and get them on the website as soon as possible. But don't worry too much about that. The aim of my uh, podcast is so that you can just listen as you're walking to work or driving or cooking or anything you like. And you can just get something kind of going into your head, even if you haven't got time to do the full thing. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Um, Let me know if you have any questions. Bye for now. Bye.